Hi, this is a Heads Up podcast. Today we're going to be talking about an issue that's affecting many of you, and that's how to survive being back with the family. So let's start with some introductions. So three uh, student counsellors, that's me, Nicola, hi, and my colleagues. Do you want to introduce yourselves? My name's Effie, I'm a a counsellor, but I specialise in cognitive behaviour therapy. Yeah, hi, I'm Paul. I'm one of the counsellors on the team as well in student services. Great. So um, so that's that's me, Paul and Effie. We're going to be um, talking today about an issue that we've noticed that seems to be coming up for a lot of you at the moment. And that's how to readjust to being back at home with your family. You know, we're coming out of, of lockdown now, but... It, it feels like being in lockdown has had an impact on all of us and it's it's shining a light on our, our relationships. Um, and that's certainly been, been the case for me and I'm sure for the other two as well. But what we've really noticed is that returning and readjusting to being in the family after you've been at university for a period of time is particularly challenging. So what we're going to do today is we're going to share some of our thoughts and ideas with you uh, about this topic. And we hope that it might help you to understand a little bit more about what's going on. And also, we want to share some ideas with you, things that you might be able to do to help yourselves. We're going to start by talking about boundaries. Now, we'll explain a bit about what boundaries are and also why they might be important for you to be aware of and what you might be noticing with your family and also what you can do to create healthy boundaries. Then we're going to talk about a common phenomena that seems to be around right now where a lot of you, and I include myself in this as well, can sometimes find ourselves acting like a child or a stroppy teenager when we're back with our families. So I don't know if that sounds familiar to you in any way. So I want to be clear as well um, that when we're talking about families what we know is that all families are very different and some of you might have some more serious issues going on that would need to be addressed differently so we will talk about that at the end of, of this podcast so let's make a start then by talking about our first topic which is boundaries paul why don't you start by telling us what we mean when we talk about boundaries yeah, thanks, Nick. Um, sometimes I think it can be helpful to uh, to think of boundaries as being what's okay and what's not okay for you in a relationship or or an interaction with someone else. Um, so if we've got clear boundaries, that can I think it can really give us a sense of autonomy um, of being our own person, having some kind of control over our own life. Um, so having clear boundaries helps us really in in living the life we want to lead and being the person we want to be. Um, and, and without that, without those clear boundaries, uh, the problem with that is we can end up being subject to other people's wishes or demands or their moods and maybe even feeling um, powerless in a relationship, which can be really difficult. Um, and, and when I'm working with this, thinking about it for myself and thinking about it for the people I work with, the students in the university who are counselling clients, a telltale sign can be 
if you find you're feeling resentful um, or frustrated, and this is really persistent in the family setting, that those feelings of resentment and frustration can be really good telltale signs that either you haven't got good boundaries in place or they're not um, being seen by other people and or being respected by other people. So they're real signs to look out for that there might be some sort of uh, what we might think of as boundary issue at play in the family. Yeah, no, I think that's really helpful. Thanks, Paul. Um, that, that's nice and kind of clearly described. I think it's, um, it's also quite important to think about boundary styles. So what tends to happen is as we grow up, we develop a, a preferred boundary style. And this then has an impact on our relationships, all of our relationships. So if your boundary style is, is very loose or, or open, you might find yourself saying yes to things that you don't want. So I'm kind of thinking about if you're home with the family, you might well say yes to a family member who wants to confide in you or share their emotions with you. And actually, you then start to feel a bit resentful because you'd rather be doing something else. The opposite of that is, is uh, more of a closed boundary style. If your boundary style is closed or rigid, it might mean the opposite, that you don't let anybody in. So you keep your thoughts and your feelings very much to yourself when you're struggling. And what this can lead to, um, in, in my experience, is people who feel really unsupported or disconnected or, or even lonely. And then, of course, we've got people who swing wildly between the two. You share um, a lot, perhaps too much, and then that might lead to feelings of shame. And then you distance yourself to, to help you manage these feelings. And I think it's, it's also really important here to remember that as we grow up, we develop these boundary styles in order to help us cope best within our family. So be really kind to yourself when you think about your own boundary style. Um, it was a, a way of keeping us safe and protected in the family as we grew up. So, yeah, Paul, I, I'm just kind of going to bat it back to you, if that's OK. Sure. Yeah, well, I was thinking about what you were saying there about boundaries being, you know, sometimes they can be too loose, sometimes they can be too rigid, and it's important to kind of find the middle way. And, and I think that can come into play in lots of different ways. So to be really kind of concrete about it, uh, how do these boundaries sort of show themselves in the family setting? And, and one really obvious one is time. So, you know, for instance, do your family expect you to be spending way more time with them than you'd you'd want to be doing? And, you know, other things you'd rather be doing with your time, whether that's studying or talking to friends, going out and about as far as that's allowed, whatever. And, and, and if there's a kind of conflict there or if you feel there's a difference in, in what's wanted and your family seem to expect more of you uh, in that domain, in the time domain, that, that can be a sign that there's a, you know, there's a boundary question there. And another really obvious one alongside time is, is space, really simple one. So do you have the privacy you want uh, within the family home or do you feel crowded out or um, intruded upon, a bit intruded upon? So again, that's an area where boundaries can show themselves. So we've got time and, and space as being two obvious ways. 
and, and then a bit vaguer, but just as important, maybe more important actually, is boundaries related to, to feelings. Um, so for instance, does someone um, in the family demand too much emotional support from you or seem to be relying on you to feel okay? Um, that can be um, a boundary problem. Or, or do, they, uh, do they take their feelings out on you or cri constantly criticise and badmouth bad you? Again, could be a boundary being crossed there. Uh, or maybe they just don't allow you to, to have your feelings and express them. Uh, again, that would be a question mark about the boundary. So I think that boundaries can show themselves in all sorts of different ways, but I, I think of it particularly in terms of time boundaries um, boundaries in terms of physical space and also boundaries related to uh, to feelings. No, that, that's really that that's really helpful to hear you explain it in that way. Um, I guess you know, having heard all of this, people are going to be wanting to know if they can do anything to you know help create more healthy boundaries in the family. Um, and the good news is is that. You can, it is possible to work with your boundaries to improve your relationships. And I was just wondering, Effie, are you, um, are you up just for sharing some ideas about kind of how to set good boundaries? Yeah, I think, you know, it is, it is difficult. It is a, a, a challenge and it's a, a new challenge to, to be in this situation again, back at home. Um, but but I, there, there are certain things that are quite good for reaffirming your boundaries and and the first thing we need to, to figure out which boundaries are being tested or, or compromised and a, and a way to do that is just to to pause and to notice what you're feeling um what what thoughts are going through your head whether there are any physical sensations even that that are present that might signal to you which of those boundaries that are important to you that paul mentioned are being kind of threatened in some way so just just taking a moment to to pay attention to what's going on for you and what you're experiencing and then um tuning into to what it is about that boundary that is important and what you value is a really good kind of second step in this so you know is it that if your space is being encroached upon the th the reason why you are getting frustrated is because independence is really important to you and, and freedom if um too much is being asked of you emotionally you know then then maybe um again you need a bit more space and that's something that you really that is really important to you and that you value so so take a moment just to tap into what's important to you and what your values are and then think about what you need to be different and what you want to change what those people around you you know your, your family what they need to do what they can do practically to help and then maybe the the hardest bit of all is is asking for it and communicating it in a way that is really clear and assertive calmly stating what you need from others and it may be that that feels uncomfortable to say what you need or it feels unusual but ultimately yeah, it is. It is part of the path to firming up your boundaries and and to being happy as a family and 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 as an individual. As long as as long as you, you can have a go at, at sort of just saying clearly what, what it is that you need, and practice. You know, keep practicing it. It's something that maybe doesn't come naturally or, or, or easily. So have a go and and see if it makes a difference. 
just just sort of experiment with it yeah no that's lovely Effie I think um you you really highlight the you know the challenge it can feel challenging I think sometimes also you know the challenge can be around kind of giving ourselves permission you know it can be hard to to do that um, and it can sometimes just feel easier to just keep on going as we've always done um, and not to make those changes. But just a few things that um, I, I just wanted to sort of highlight, which I quite like, and they help me just to re-engage with, with that challenge of setting boundaries. And that's that effective people set boundaries. So effective people carve out time for themselves and conserve the energy that they can spend on projects. You know, so it's okay to ask for what you need. That's what effective people do. Um, and I'm thinking about, you know, students trying to study, prepare for exams, etc. It's important. Also, and I really like this idea, this idea that compassionate people set boundaries. So that can sometimes feel like a hard concept to grasp, but actually compassionate people don't do things they don't want to do and then resent you later. You know, they're quite clear about what's okay and what's not okay. And also, healthy families have good boundaries. If you're clear about your boundaries, then it can make it really easy for everybody else to know how to respond to you. So you kind of can work together better, the clearer that you can be. And also, you know, fundamentally, we all have the right to get our needs met and to be the person that we want to be. So just remember that when you're, you're thinking about boundaries. Okay. Effie, I'm, I'm thinking we should probably move on to the next issue that we've identified as coming up for people. And that's this issue of how we regress into behaving like a child or a stroppy teenager when we're back with our families. I know this, this has been coming up for you with the students you've been working with, Effie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it can be really frustrating, I think, to feel that we're kind of going back in time and we're becoming children again and we're reverting to quite a ch childlike way of operating within a family. You've left home and you've struck out as an adult and you're building your new life as an adult, you're becoming your own person. And then to, to, to go back home and to be treated like a child again is really annoying, you know? Um, and yeah, it's certainly something that I've seen in, in the students that I've been talking to recently. And so I, th I think the first thing with this is just to acknowledge that it's, it's normal this process of just sort of reverting back into a role that we thought we'd left behind. And if we think about it from an anthropological point of view, the family unit is like a, it's like a little mini society, like a micro society that we grow up in and, and we form these different roles. And it may be that, that growing up, you had a particular kind of identity, you know, you were the, the clever one or the sporty one or, or the naughty one. And that's, that, that's how you were known. That's how other people kind of knew you, how you knew yourself. And it's an important part of, of growing up. It's how we, as a, as, a, as a little family unit, as a micro society, how we, how we keep safe when we are vulnerable. And so we spend a long time in, in, in those roles often, you know, eight, 18, 19 years. And then going away, leaving home and going to university, it's a big step. Students that I talk to, they, they, they report growing so much in the first six months that they're away from home, socially and 
just as individuals, you know, you, you, you start to learn who you are and that role that you've developed really begins to expand. And you meet loads of new people and you take on a, a different kind of identity. And so when, when lockdown was announced on the 23rd of March and everybody went home, uh, or lots of people went home, it was a very sudden jump back into those old roles. And I think it's a bit of a shock to the system to suddenly find ourselves back within those identities that we thought we'd left behind and it can be quite hard and I think other people you know people around you within your family expect you to be the person that you were when you left and it isn't always the case you know we've moved on yeah it's, it's true isn't it and I think we just uh we need to kind of be careful not to to beat ourselves up too much you know I think it's it's important that sometimes it's okay isn't it to regress a little bit when mm. we're with our families you know it's it's enjoyable to relax into I don't know being looked after being cooked for um kind of going for walks with with parents and brothers and sisters and things but it is also important to hold on to those new bits of ourselves that we've been developing you know so we can continue that important process of adulting by, by which I mean you know becoming an adult so yeah, I guess part of being an adult, I think, is is to do with just kind of noticing it when we start to slide into those old roles. And then we've got that possibility of making a, a choice about how to behave differently. So let's let's move on then to just having a think about what we can do to, to help ourselves in this situation. And I know, Paul, when we spoke about this earlier, you you had a few thoughts. Yeah, thanks, Nick. I mean, I think... <laughs> So much of this does parallel what we were what we were saying about boundaries, really, um, in terms of actually how we deal with this stuff. I mean, the obvious thing to say to start with, of course, is every family's different. So, you know, there's no one size fits all way of dealing with this stuff. But as you were saying, this is a, as a general principle, this is about doing what we can do uh, to hang on to that sense of being an adult while still getting on with the rest of our family because these are the you know, these are the situations so many of us are in for the foreseeable so there's a kind of really pragmatic side to it here of course um, so I think there are some some kind of good practices that can be useful for most of us and again it does parallel a lot of what we were saying about about boundaries so of course you know being kind to ourselves when we find ourselves getting kind of rubber banded back into into feeling like a, a young teenager when with our, with our family is completely normal. We're going to get hijacked no matter how much we try and do about this, how much we try and influence it, how careful we are about um, avoiding it. It's going to happen. So, you know, that's, that's just natural and um, maybe doesn't need to be an excuse for giving ourselves a hard time. And I think coming back to something Effie was saying earlier, a really necessary first step in in the process of um, dealing with this kind of tendency to regress is to just notice just notice what's going on uh, when you're getting het up in a family interaction or becoming angry or becoming tearful just just try and notice see if it's possible to kind of step back um, from those feelings and observe them as uh, as you're having them I mean it's not easy that takes a lot of practice and isn't going to happen any time. But is it possible? Maybe this is the question. Can you have those feelings? Can you recognize them and accept them without necessarily having to, to kind of react right away there and then in a way that might end up causing you more problems in the long run? Um, so it's a really big ask that is and requires a lot of kind of presence and a lot of practice. 
And, and even if you can't do that in the moment, one thing that can be helpful is maybe just to do it afterwards. You know, once you've taken yourself away from a situation, some people find it really helpful, for instance, just to, just to journal, just to keep, um, just to kind of express themselves in writing. It's a good way of uh, expressing feelings, putting them down, you know, putting them down in writing and, and metaphorically putting down the feelings, which can be really helpful uh, there and then to kind of bring yourself back into uh, more calm, more thoughtful state. But also, if you're doing that in a practiced way, that skill might come a little bit easier the next time um, you're in the midst of a really um, charged interaction with someone in the family and you just might have a little bit more skill in the moment. So that can be a really helpful practice. And then in terms of what you actually do day to day, rather than just the mindset, you know, at a pretty basic level, it's about keeping on doing the things that matter to you, to you as your adult self now. Um, so, you know, that might be just simple stuff, connecting with your friends, getting out of the house, just doing the activities that you enjoy that are important to you, you know, whether that's movies or uh, music or the exercise you like, whatever it is, just keep kind of reasserting uh, what it is that you enjoy and find satisfying uh, and that means something to you. So just, you know, stay true to that stuff. And then probably most important of all, and I think this probably is the hardest challenge, is, is communication. You know, if it seems possible, can you actually tell your family, family members, how you feel and, and let them know somehow what it is you, what it is you want and what it is you need? Uh, I always think it's amazing how often in families, you know, including my own, we can just assume uh, that other people know what it is we want and need uh, and they're doing whatever it is they're doing just to piss us off. And it's so easy to make that assumption and to take that very personally, when in fact it might just be the case that they just really haven't seen it. They haven't heard it. And, and so it's up to us to maybe try and find a way or at least experiment with finding a way of um, communicating that better. But it's hard stuff. It can feel really uncomfortable. Uh, we, we all want to be liked. Um, and maybe a lot of us have made a habit out of, especially in the family setting, not rocking the boat. Or of pleasing others um, so maybe this is a time to see if you can be a bit more assertive in your communication and, and of course that starts first by understanding the other person's perspective uh, how they feel and then if you can state how you feel and what you need and then fr from that use that as a basis to see if you can find some sort of agreement um, so maybe that maybe those are some ways that um, where we can all kind of hang on to the sense of ourselves as an adult no that's good that's great stuff thanks paul and i think again you know it's that thing if we get stuck you know it is our task to develop into an adult human being isn't it you know that's that's our role uh, is to grow up and actually you know our parents task is first yes to look after you and nurture you but then it's also their task to let you go and uh release you into life and let you be the adult that that you're trying to become so just kind of remembering that in this whole process when things get get tough as we said at the beginning of the podcast we recognize that some of you might find yourself in a situation where you need extra support or professional help so this could be that you find yourself in an abusive relationship or are struggling with domestic violence at home 
If this is you, then a good place to start is to come to the student services web pages at the University of Bath. There we list a number of resources. From there, you can also get in contact with us. So that's wellbeing or the counselling and mental health team. And just to finish, we'd really like to hear your feedback. So do email us, tell us what you think. Any ideas for future podcasts? Very welcome. So to do that, all you need to do is to email listening at bath.ac.uk. So on that note, we'll say goodbye. Thanks for listening and stay well, everybody. Stay safe. <laughs>